On this episode of AV Week, we talk about the new elections at uh, Infocom Board. Also talk about AV over IP and where we are with that technology. All that and more next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. AV Week is brought to you by our fine group of underwriters, companies like Vadio. This is AV Week, episode 225, recorded Friday, December 11th, 2015. Accommodate all technologies. Ready. AV, AV Week. Performing scan. Week. Online. This is AV Week. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host with us this week, my buddy, my pal from, uh, from Proxima, Mr. Sam Malik. How are you, sir? Hey, how are you, Tim? Good to see you. Doing good. Sam's doing some cool things we're going to talk about here uh, in a second. Also with us is Ken Eagle. Ken is from Atlona. How are you, sir? Tim, I'm great. Thank you. Uh, also with us from Avonview, Mr. Ed. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. And last but not least, last time I saw her was in beautiful Washington, D.C., Andrea Maderos, uh, editor at Tech Home Builder. How are you? Hi, great. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Actually, last time I saw Ken, and no, Ed, I, I saw you uh, since then. Uh, last time I saw Ken was actually at the CECI Summit, and I tried to take over his presentation. So it was lots of fun. <laughs> He just kept asking questions, and I knew the answer to them. Um, I can't help but that I'm smart in some situations. Uh, <laughs> real quickly, and, and I, I don't want to take too much time on this, but but Sam, you guys have done something really cool. Um, called you a couple weeks ago just to see, you know, hey, how are you? Da, 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 da. Oh, yeah, by the way, I took over the freaking company. So in, in, a, in a 30 to 60 second Chicago fastness, what exactly is going on with you and Proxima? Oh yeah! By the way, I took over the freaking company. Well, we yeah we had a, having a lot of fun over here. Uh, we were formerly ASK Proxima, a Chinese-owned company, and uh, things were going quite well in the U.S. However, that company failed and stopped producing projectors. Left us high and dry for about four or five months, but things were going quite well. So I decided to continue our work, what we were doing, and I purchased the company and it was able to secure the. Proxima trademark, which is kind of funny because 15 years ago when I entered this industry, Proxima was one of my biggest competitors and one of the industry pioneers and uh, still a, a great legacy brand name of products. So now we are focused on five to 12,000 lumen projectors for rental and staging, house of worship, um, uh, higher education, large corporate venues, and uh, we're charging forward. All right. Good for you. I was I was taken a little back, so I was I was like, dude, cool. That I just think it's cool, and I like Sam. Sam's always been nice. Uh, and if you didn't know, Sam actually previously uh, ran Sanyo uh, until, well, until Panasonic bought him, actually. So, uh, all right, look, kids, let's let's kick this off. Um, Ken, we'll start with you. Infocom membership, Elex, it's 2016 board. Uh, this comes to us by way of Sound and Communications Magazine. 
the Infocom International has announced the election results for the 2016 Infocom International Board of Directors and Leadership Committee, LSC. Jillian Phillips uh, from Whitlock is Secretary Treasurer of the Board. Uh, Info- Infocom members also elected is Jeff Day, uh, Kelly- Kevin Kelly, um, and uh, he's from uh, Stampede. Also from the LSC uh, is, um, oh, uh, gummit. Oh, yeah, Zane, oh, from uh, Shen, Milsom, Shen, Shen Milsom Wilkie. Easy for me to say. Uh, so, Ken, first off, are, are we are we good with this board? Are we are we okay with this board? Are we okay kind of where Infocom is, has been headed over the last six months or so? Well, I think so. You know, it's kind of yet to be seen. I mean, <laughs> Julian's a familiar face coming back. Um, I think, uh, man, Kevin Kelly is a guy with a lot of energy, so – uh, you know, we work with him regularly, and I like what he's done with Stampede. And I think he's got a good beat on the industry. So, you know, I think there's some interesting points there. That being said, I, you know, over the past several years, I've done a lot of work with Infocom. We travel around and do a lot of regional events with them, different speaking engagements. In the last year and a half, I've probably done a little bit less than I would like to do. And I do know, you know, since, since the changing of the guard, since we've got new leadership in there, You've had a couple of um, senior players in the Infocom team leave, uh, which is interesting. So I think we'll kind of see how that shakes out and seeing some of these names on the board. I think there's some good people there, but, um, you know, I'd like to see it stay strong. It's kind of at a critical point. I think right now it's a great organization. Um, I think it's it's got the right message. Now we've seen a similar organization like Cedia, who I think has had some more struggles maintaining membership in recent years. So I don't want to see that similar thing happen to Infocom, and I think they're getting the right people in there to keep it keep it pushing ahead um, internationally as well. You said that and, they're kind of at a, at a critical time. Is that because of is that because of the changes that we've had over the last few months? Uh, yeah, it's because of the changes, and I just think I, I think it's more than that. I think it's because of where the industry is at right now. You know, we, we've, we've been, um, what I would say, kind of level for a while with, with a set of technology that everybody's gotten familiar with, and we've been using some of these digital technologies um, in conference rooms and in transmission and in different places. I think over the next couple of years, we're going to see a shift in some of that with the transition to AV over IP and with us going, with more networks being more global, more accessible in more place. I think you're seeing a new level of younger people coming into the market, different education, different players, different tools, different communication medium, and I think you got to have the right people at Infocom to keep up with that because it's a critical group and it, it needs to, um, you know, it's kind of a glue, that, in, in, in a way, a glue that holds a lot of our industry together, I think. Absolutely. Is. So I think you got to keep it strong. Right. I, I agree uh, with Ken entirely, and the great mix of uh, the board of directors is they have a full coverage of uh, system integrators, uh, leading system integrators, uh, some design and architect type uh, uh, faces I've seen uh, there in the past as well, um, as well as hardware uh, manufacturers and distributors. So combined together, I think it can uh, add a lot of um, you know visionary work uh, for the future. What you know new new stuff is coming because these four or five main contributors to the industry, um, you know, will end up determining, you know, where the industry is moving to. Um, you know, architects are uh, uh, architects and design engineers 
um, are the front lines to the uh, you know the building side of things. Uh, the system integrators are you know taking all that and implementing all the new ideas, right? And hardware manufacturers uh, like ourselves are working with the integrators to provide that mix. So I think the whole you know the whole picture comes together with a uh, a, a nice mix of uh, people from different industries um, and all providing, you know, the same uh, end, end result, but doing their part. And having a, um, uh, having a mix of that uh, on the board, I think is very important, uh, not just only system integrators or only hardware manufacturers. Uh, the mix is really going to help. Well, and, and Ed, uh, I'll, I'll, go ahead, Sam. Yeah, I agree with with. And everybody that that it's about time we get some new blood in there. I've been an Infocom member for 18 years now, going back to the days of the shootout. So I'm older than I look, maybe. Um, but it's about time of the changing of the guard. I'm really kind of excited to see Kevin Kelly uh, get involved. He's young, very energetic. He knows what's going on with the industry today. I think he'll contribute a lot. But you know, for Infocom to survive. Uh, these changes, bringing all the integration together, need to happen. Um, we can't just be that old, hey, we're projector business, you know, AV industry. There's a lot more to it these days. So it's uh, it's good changes. Good to see the changes on the board. Well, and Andrea, from from your perspective, because Andrea does a lot of from from both ends, and also she covers a lot of the, of residential and and home building. When it comes to these these organizations, these trade organizations, how important is it to, like like Sam said, get fresh blood in there every once in a while? It's definitely important to get fresh blood, but just to be honest, I've never been to Infocom. We we actually put our own shows on incorporating systems system integrators and builders and whatnot. And we've noticed, especially when we've put our board together for Tech Home X, which is the new trade show that we're launching, you definitely have to have diversity on the board and diversity at the shows because with all the new technology coming out right now, you need to have the designers and the integrators and all of these people coming from different facets together because with all the new technology, the design of the home, you're going to have to take the technology into account because everything's talking to each other. So I think not only having new blood, but having kind of the diversity on the board is really important when you're talking about shows like this especially today yeah absolutely all right yeah. go ahead sam go ahead no don't go ahead well i just i totally agree with andrea i mean infocom you know I, I think it's a great organization but they've been slowing down kind of dying so hopefully with these new board members they'll infuse uh some new energy into it and bring that whole picture together i totally agree dying's a strong word sam well <laughs> I watched Comdex die. I watched uh, okay. CES change. Right. I mean, there's, it, it just it needs to evolve. I okay. think it's an important organization for everybody in this industry. But if it evolves and stays current, then it's it's a good resource for everybody. Okay. All right. I'll get you that. Uh, from AV Interactive, IP and the new video workflow. This is from one of their bloggers. Quote, unquote, of all the changes currently underway in the professional video industry, IP is without question the biggest and most important once-in-a-decade transformation to date, bringing with it impactful core pipeline changes and a shift from analog tape, which is an interesting connection, to file-based workflows. <laughs> says Andrew Cross, president and CTO at Newtech. 
All right. So Andrew is obviously obviously has has some skin in this game. New Tech is uh, the makers of the of the TriCaster, and they've I'm not going to get in the history of where where they've been, but they've been hardware based or a software based and and file based uh, video folks for a long time. Um, Ed, we'll kick this one off with you. Where yeah. are we and where are we going here when it comes to not just file based but also transporting video um, over the network and and making that happen? Well, HDMI over IP has come a long way uh, since its inception. And uh, we first had, you know, the limitations of having dedicated uh, HDMI just over IP. And now we have the availability of, you know, running all technologies on the same network. Um, We are, uh, you know, Sorry, can you just repeat that uh, part about the, the question again? Yeah, just where, where are we at when it comes to, you know, transporting um, uh, a, just AV, you know, video. This guy is, is Andrew's talking about video specifically because that's what New Tech does it primarily. Obviously, yeah. there's there's audio right, transport right. along with that. But but where so, are we at? So, as I, okay, so I'll continue. the What we were discussing about, you know, mainly the hardware, hardware has evolved uh, many chipsets have come out to allow you to do HDMI over IP. Uh, now there's uh, units available that will let you take uh, and broadcast it over the internet, share uh, video on the internet connection with other technologies, whether it's voice, data, uh, what have you. Um, but the main, uh, the main thing where I see this going uh, is uh, cloud-based uh, video over IP services, right? Um, right now, they're, they're, we're, we're seeing companies that are coming out and, uh, and services that are coming out with this. Uh, but, you know, given the 4K aspect and the large bandwidth, um, there's not, you know, there's, the, I, we're still waiting for the technology to evolve on that side for online, you know, video streaming uh, for 4K. As far as... Uh, you know, just hardware uh, products out there to allow you to take a video distributed, whether it's through video walls, uh, do matrix uh, switch uh, scenarios um, in like, for example, sports bars, control rooms. We're seeing that, you know, available today. And, you know, it's, uh, and it's, it's becoming the number one choice as opposed to going with the old matrix switches. Okay. Ken, you, you guys have got from Atlanta. You you guys have had uh, uh, eh, interesting um, history over the last let's say three to four years when it comes to to video IP. Um, Atlanta had their own uh, proprietary, and correct me anytime I'm wrong here. Uh, you, you guys' own your own uh, codex um, that that you guys kind of you you made yourself. And I want to say about six months ago or so, you started integrating some HD base C stuff as well. Um, so you guys have got a unique perspective on this because you've seen it a couple different ways. Where do you guys see you know video over IP and point whether it's point to point, multicast, single cast, wherever? So let me let me start by saying first, I completely agree with the author of this article. AV over IP being the single biggest or most important technology of our current decade right here. Um, but let me also say that. This isn't this isn't brand new. This isn't just happening right now. Um, as long as there's been IP, we've been talking about putting AV over IP. There are companies who work tirelessly, spending tons of uh, manufacturing and uh, 
design dollars trying to figure out how to do this every year uh, for the last 10 or 15 years we've seen products come out trying to be AV over IP and all of those companies have allowed us they've laid the groundwork for us to be where we are today which is at a point where we can finally start actually realizing some quality AV over IP and there's some great companies out there doing it right now um, now to get to your point at Lona Yes, we, we've done um, a number of things over the years. Uh, obviously, written that digital uh, um, wave, you know, we watched the analog sunset, and we had analog products, we've gone to all HDMI and, and digital-based products, and you're right, we've now launched into HD-based TV. We partnered with those guys when they first came out. We've been with HD-based organizations since the beginning. And in recent years, we really revamped our entire line so that every product category now features or is entirely built upon the HD based T distribution model. It's a great product. It works wonderful. We really like it. However, going forward, the future is in IP. And we have already begun developing over IP products. And if you look at the loan product line currently today, every product, nearly every product that we put out has an Ethernet port on it, which means every HD based T product already sits on the IP network. It's controllable. You can uh, do firmware updates. You can manage it from remotely. The next evolution now is distribution over that IP channel, and you will see from us products in mid-2016 coming out as AV over IP. We're absolutely going that direction. It is the future of the industry. It's where you'll see a number of manufacturers going down the road. All right. So, Mr. Malik, uh, from a, a, a display point of view, uh, Ken mentioned two or three different different protocols there. Uh, he mentioned the fact that, that for Lona, almost every one of their products has an Ethernet point port on the back. Get it. Totally agree. It's awesome that they do that. It, and, and the, the way I'm going to phrase this question, it might seem a little unfair. You guys have to either make a decision, like like make a conscious effort to say, okay, we think we're going to put all of our money in one or two baskets, and we think this technology is going to make it, so we're going to put an Ethernet port on the back of our projectors and make sure that, that it accepts X, Y, or Z. You can do that, or you can do, we're just going to give you an HDMI connector, right? Um, and you guys kind of figure it out. You know, which one, which way do you, do you, do you, do you kind of lean? Are you guys leaning more towards, hey, let's make sure that we have an Ethernet port so we can get this, this video over IP signal? Or are you guys more along the lines of, I'm going to give you a generic video input. You guys are going to have to figure out which, which technology is, is going to win here. Yeah, it's, it's a big challenge for us, Tim. Um, at Proxima, everything we have has an Ethernet port built into it as well as the traditional HDMI or VGA or Vancy connection. So we, we're kind of forced that we want to be accepted in every integration house to have every connection possible. But uh, yesterday I worked, uh, we work on large house of worship projects. There's one go down in Chicago with, with eight of our projectors and they're all connected via ethernet. That's the only connection to each of the projectors because they're mounted 45 feet up in the air. They want full command and control and they want to deliver the media as well. Uh, we're spending a lot of time right now. I mean, projectors for the most part haven't changed all that much in the last five to 10 years. You know, it, it's some brightness plays and of course the resolution has changed dramatically, but what has changed is, is your IP connection and what you have built into it. You know, we're, we're uh, AMX, we're Crestron ready, we're 
you know, we're happy to work with Elona or anybody other manufacturer out there, but the real value if we're going to sell large venue projectors now is to have that connectivity available so that they can, you know, uh, stream the media to it and, and give them complete control over it. We, we have to do that to be competitive in today's environment. Uh, and, uh, <clears throat> Sam, you raised a, a good point here. Um, you know, having Ethernet connections on a hardware, uh, you know, interactive hardware device is one thing to control the unit. But, uh, you know, like uh, Sam just mentioned, your uh, projectors are all equipped with uh, uh, Ethernet ports. And you can uh, HDMI over IP stream directly to the projector. That's where uh, the requirements that we see every day on whether it's projectors, whether it's um, uh, whether it's um, you know uh, large screens or even video walls, um, you know people want the IP stream to go directly to the uh, uh, to the displays uh, without having to you know put in a lot of hardware components. So if the if the projector is already capable of taking an IP stream in, uh, we are. Are all, we've been manufacturing video wall processors that have IP capture cards uh, that you can just push directly, um, you know, the feeds directly out to the projector. So that, you know, the future I think is that the bill-ins are uh, and and the receivers are ultimately going to disappear, and it's just going to be an Ethernet port uh, from your devices out to the projectors directly and. It's going to be an IP stream over HP uh, uh, or an IP stream over uh, the internet that's just going to uh, allow you to broadcast. We're already seeing um, those products today. We manufacture uh, the HDMI uh, over IP uh, products in our point-to-point -point, uh, extenders as well as our video wall controllers. Um, and we also have uh, the Blue River NT chip. Uh, that's a 4K uh, HDMI over IP technology that's being implemented in quite a few of our products as well. But and Tim, one other thing I, I would mention too is, while I say that the transition to AV over IP is is the future and the direction, just like history has shown us uh, up to now, that's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take a little while, and we're not abandoning HDMI or HD based T or any of the interfaces that are out there right now. Those will continue to be around for several years and, and, and be viable solutions still. But we will continue to also grow in the way of ABIP. Well, and let me ask you this, and this is this is this is actually all three of you. I don't care which one you answer. Does that not then push put Sam and other display manufacturers alike in a bad spot where they've got to figure out which one y'all are going to go <laughs> going to go well, with when, when it comes to encoding? Well, we have to be able to. We've got to follow the, the industry. And this is where it gets back to the value of Infocom and what they bring. This integration thing where we have to partner up. You know, I find myself spending a lot more of my time now partnering up with that Mona and, and companies like that so to make sure we have that connectivity capability that the integrators want to use. Um, so it's, it's kind of on us to make sure that we're keeping the right technology in our projectors to follow the flow of technology and give them the, the easiest tools. If you're a manufacturer that's doing that and, and we're trying to be that company, um, it puts you, you know, many steps ahead of everybody else that that's not quite there. And you know, the thing we're running into, we do all kinds of installs is 
is they're running projectors and large screen flat panels and everything's all integrated together and has to all be able to talk on pretty much one signal, one base. And the panels are very much up to date, much more up to date than a lot of projector companies are today. And if you're a projector company that can integrate easily, then you're going to win more business. Mm, that makes sense. I think the other thing to note too is a lot of these um, technologies are built on a standard. So let's say if we're going to upgrade the HD base D, and a projector manufacturer wants to add HD base D, HD base D is a standard. So um, it's not like they got to figure out which HD base D to use. You just go to the standard of HD base D. The same thing when you go to IP. Um, you got to say, do I want to go HD base T or IP if you have to make a choice? But at least they're standards. You're not looking at multiple different uh, versions of the of the same technology. Well, and let me let me bring this in. And it would, Andrea, when it comes to you, you, you service the home builder market. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is this something that they're worried about yet? Is this something where they're they're cabling for? They're putting you know. Um, you know, whether that's the, the cable infrastructure or the, the physical, you know, rooms for this stuff? It depends what level of builder you're talking to. If you're talking to high volume, I think when it comes to technology, they're really relying on wireless and access points. Ew. But this video wall technology that's coming down the pipeline, I think it's kind of an untapped resource that's definitely trickling into the luxury market right now. And yeah, they would definitely be worried about running this stuff and working with an integrator to make sure that everything runs properly because when you're talking to a builder, it's kind of like when you're talking to a consumer, they care about ease of use, they care about convenience, and they care about reliability. So part of this is, well, if you wire it in, there's more guarantee that it's going to work, but part of it is we're talking about the fear of not putting the right connector in anymore. And the builder's biggest concern is working on not only a source that's going to be reliable today, but that's going to be reliable 20 years down the road so they're not dealing with callbacks. Well, so those are not... definitely some of the things that builders are thinking the about. The problem with that is that it's, it, we're not there anymore, right? I mean, we, it, this, is not, this is not the years of, of the F connector and, and coax, right? I mean, this is, uh-huh. I've got a buddy of mine that built a house 10 years ago, and he's already switching out things. Um, because exactly. you know, it, it, it just... I really wish I had Cat Five through my entire house. Yeah, I mean, because wireless is sweet, but for for four K video, it's not. Yeah, getting lie. there. At least Sorry. not today. You know, and, and rather than have you know coax, which my house is older has, man, I'd love Cat Five in every room. Oh, yeah. that would make life so much easier. Yeah, absolutely. But then twenty years from now, we're going to be talking about something else that we wish we had run through our house. So. It's really about building relationships and making sure, one of you had mentioned it, making sure we stay informed on all of the levels of the marketplace to be sure that we're delivering the product, especially on the residential side, to the consumer that they're going to be happy with 10 years down the line. Here's what we need to do. You, you, you get yourself, and, and whoever takes this owes me 10%. You go out <laughs> and you, you, you find a builder that does nothing but 20 pairs of multi-mode fiber, I'm sorry, single-mode fiber in every single room. That that'll solve it for at least twenty years. All right. Um, I'd like to add one more thing shoot, uh, to Ed. the to the home side of things. You know, on the HDMI uh, over IP on the home side. You know, like you said, Sam, you want Cat Five has become a standard over the last fifteen years. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the all the homes that we that I've seen uh, built, even whether 
not custom homes, even builder homes, they're putting standard Cat fives in all all the homes. What I'm what we're seeing more and more now is that it's not just video; it's everything uh, is collaborating mm -hmm. over the network. You know, a lot of uh, the new homes that are being built don't even the bell doesn't even come in there anymore. You know, it's voice, uh, voice data, cable, everything is over. There's just one network switch in there, and everything is connecting uh, uh, through IP. So, you know, that that's the big uh, that's the big change. You know, as a video over IP company uh, and manufacturing hardware for the last 10 years, what we've seen is that you know it's not just uh, accommodating a video. The future is for us to be successful, and for every other hardware company uh, to be successful is to accommodate all the technologies um, that are coming into a company or a home or, um, or, or a building, you know, and accommodate voice, uh, voice and data and broadcasting and cable uh, TV. All those technologies need to, uh, need to be over the network, right? Mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, That's I, definitely what we're seeing on all levels of the builder marketplace. Right. Go ahead, Ken. Yeah, I think it's also worth, worth noting there are multiple different types of category cable that can be installed. And Cat5 was one of the, the first real ones that really took off and was around for so long. I think by default we all say Cat5 a lot. Um, but there's Cat6, there's Cat6A, which things like the HD-based T-Spec are built off and even Cat7. So if you are building a new home or even a business, uh, it's important to look at the different types of category cable and make sure you pick the one that's right to support your future needs. Agree. Absolutely, I agree. All right. Uh, as we wrap up here, Andrea has a couple stories uh, that her, her uh, area is talking about. So Andrea, what is uh, what are you guys talking about? Actually, uh, one of the stories really wraps up what we were just talking about. It's uh, it's in the high volume market, kind of dipping in to this idea that everything has to run on the network. Um, Party Homes has partnered with Luxel and Eagle Century, which is an integration for, firm out of uh, the Vegas area. And they're offering wireless as a standard. So they're putting in the Luxel XBR 4400 router and then the XAP 1500 access point as a standard in these homes, hoping that that'll appeal to millennials. And this is one of many high volume builders. So these are entry level homes for some people that they're making sure that there is a strong network in there. And we have seen a huge trend with this because we're not only talking about thermostats, we're talking about video, we're talking about voice control, we're talking about doorbells, we're talking about everything being connected. So that's kind of what we're working on right now. Our big focus is on Tech Home X. And for those of you who aren't familiar with that event, it's a new trade show that we're launching in March. Um, it'll be different. We're calling it a first of its kind trade show. I don't know if you've been to our builder events or CECI Summit, which we put on, but this will incorporate the entire Tech Home ecosystem. So not just builders, not just integrators, they'll be there together with contractors, um, with realtors, which a lot of people have been really excited about because who do we look to to sell our homes? Realtors. So we need them to understand the technology. So mm -hmm. it'll be everyone who is involved with putting the tech home together without building materials being there. So it'll just be people in one place that are interested in technology and in the home of the future. That so those sense. are a few of the things we're working on right now. All right, very good. That Yeah, the, the realtor part I had never thought of. So, All right, guys, uh, that's going to wrap us up. Uh, Mr. Ed from Avonview, thank you, sir. 
Thank you for having me. And where, nice meeting all of you. Uh, where can people find you and Avonview? Uh, you can find me at avonview.com, uh, Avonview on Facebook, uh, Avonview on Twitter, and Edmund C on Twitter. All right, very good. Ms. Medeiros, thank you as always, ma'am. Thank you. Um, you can find me on techhomebuilder.com. Uh, I'm also on Facebook under my name. We also have a Tech Home Builder on Facebook. We have that on LinkedIn. We have that on Twitter. Uh, Ken, Ken we'll, 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 try, we'll try to do this with you. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at Ken Eagle and uh, I'm through LinkedIn and on Twitter. Also, um, I recommend everybody jump out to atlonaacademy.com. Great educational site that we host. It's completely free. There's an education portal on there. It carries both CDI and Infocom accredited certification courses. Definitely worth your time. All right, very good. And last but not least, Mr. Malik, sir. Where can people find you and or Proxima? Hey, Tim. Yeah, you can reach us at ProximaDisplays.com. And uh, everybody's invited to join me on LinkedIn. I created a group a few years ago called AV Industry Professionals. Um, referring to Infocom, we have twice as many members, 34,000 active members. Um, so everybody's invited to join. It's free of charge. Avindustry.com. Right, very good. Yeah, that's uh, it's a, it's a little it's a little bitty group. What do you got? Like thirty thousand now? Thirty five thousand? Thirty four thousand. Thirty four. Yeah, let's round it up. And make make it thirty five thousand. Uh, my name is Tim Albright. Don't follow me, but go by the website if you would please. Avnation.tv. Avnation.tv. You'll find this program and a host of others. One really cool program um, that you're going to find. Starting today, actually, um, we record this on we're recording this on Friday the 11th. Yesterday, Thursday the 10th, uh, George Tucker, um, Chris Nutto, Bill O'Donnell, um, Mr. Puma, a bunch of folks uh, hung out with with the nice folks at Sapphire Marketing, uh, Lainey Madero, uh, Lainey Madero, uh, Lainey um, and um, and uh, Marla uh, from Sapphire Marketing did their their Christmas uh, show, their Christmas party. Uh, so it was a live broadcast. It was kind of cool. Check that out if you would please. Uh, that'll be on our website as well. So, avnation.tv, avnation.tv. Thanks so much for watching. Thanks so much for listening. This has been AV Week. Oh, my God.